Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about ancestral healing. Could you please tell me about the role that like a healthy lineage plays in people's lives? Sure. I mean, I think a healthy lineage is a very vague term, but the ancestral energies play a very big part in your own energy combination. Because quite literally, they make up who you are, and they form an energetic imprint that very much determines certain things that you attract in this universe and certain things that you repel in this universe. This also determines the same energetic imprint that you would pass on to your offspring. Right? So you want to have your ancestral lineage in its most most healthy healed state if you want to have very healthy offspring with as little trauma as possible who are set up for as much success as possible. Right. But it feels like um, a lot of people don't even know that they can heal or maybe their ancestry line is not perfect or like not healthy. Correct. Well, I would say that the state of humanity is very dormant, is pretty much so sound asleep that they don't even know that their ancestry determines their own energy levels. They believe that outside of genetics, right, which is some very physiological, physiological way of looking at the world, they don't necessarily think that they borrow too much from their Um, ancestors and then of course there's this nature versus nurture concept and it is believed that what surrounds you and the circumstances that you are born into all of the things that you encounter might have a much bigger impact on how your future unfolds as opposed to your past and the lineage that you come from which is not inherently true Mm -hmm. at this current moment in time I don't see truly healthy lineages on planet earth there's just different levels of messed up Mm -hmm. some more messed up than others some you could consider clean enough to get by but there are no truly flourishing beautiful strong lineages uh, at the moment on planet earth so there's all kinds of tarnishment and some kind of shadows. Mm -hmm. So pretty much every lineage in existence today is a little bit problematic. But yes, to your point, you know, people are largely unaware of the fact that their ancestors quite literally uh, contribute their energies to pave 
everyone's future. Yeah. Or that you and your bodies can impact what those, you know, the future as well as the past of those lineages are. Mm-hmm. In this case, maybe uh, maybe you could explain us uh, like how ancestral ancestors can influence your present life and uh, especially like most a lot of people believe that we all come from one like kind of ape or like species how how to put it you know how this evolution theory right so yeah (laughs) i mean regardless of what humanity's origins are not every familial tree is created equal because your familial tree and the energy that that tree carries is very much determined by the collective karma of all of your predecessors combined from the day that your lineage was established up until present day so despite the fact that a lot of humans or you know humanity shares its dna across ethnicities and races and genders it's pretty much the same dna the energy that you carry in your body might not be the same energy that the person next to you carries because they come from a different ancestry meaning so your energy is the energy of your higher self mixed with the energies of the sum total of your mother's and father's lineages. So imagine all of that combined into a vessel, that vessel being your body. That is your energetic imprint into this world. The energetic imprint, as well as the emotional imprint and the mental imprint, all of those are just different formats of energy, right? So pretty much things that you would inherit from your ancestors are Everything from your body type, phenotype, you know, which is like the color of your hair and your eyes and the skin. These are just like the bare bones type of examples of the things that you inherit. You know, your DNA memory goes so much deeper than that. All of the emotional trauma you would carry in different aspects of your body. All of the mental constructs, the little shortcuts, the belief systems what is perceived to be right or wrong or good or bad, all of that energy, all of that information is stored inside of you. And it is a byproduct of which lineage you're coming from. As well as things like hopes and aspirations. You know, a big portion of your hopes and aspirations as a human is determined by the mission of your particular familial lineage or where it, you know, what its purpose is in the grand fabric of the universe as well as of course what your higher self wants you to pursue Mm -hmm. got it so but let's say you have a grand 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 father right so his energy will be imprinted in your current incarnation some forms of some forms yeah Mm -hmm. rather it's so you should think of your familial tree as the grand sum total of the good, the bad, and everything in between. Like every action, every thought, every aspiration of all of your ancestors combined is in a particular frequency. 
right? Yeah. So imagine a million frequencies mixed together. They actually form some type of, you know, mixture or soup, if you will, that has just one frequency. Mm -hmm. So that is the imprint that would be passed on to you. And that is a sum total of everything, including your great, 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 etc., etc., grandfather. If you were to remove any one person from that lineage, your frequency would change. Hmm. That is, you know, you're pretty much all familiar with the butterfly effect. Every, you know, like the butterfly you know, spreads its wings on one side of the universe and there is a tsunami on the other side of the universe. In the same way, like every single person that comes into a lineage really, really matters in that lineage. Every single person can move the needle for the lineage. For instance, you might have a very white lineage. By white, I mean not ethnicity white. I mean somebody, like a lineage that generally does the right thing, you know, that carries a lot of light in its path and in its wake. You know, people that do right by other people. They don't cheat, they don't steal, they don't don't murder. And then you might have one or two generations with some serious black magic or some serious crimes against humanity, and that could turn and throw off the whole frequency of everything that came before it. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you said Okay, do you carry the frequency of your great, 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 etc., granddad? The answer is yes and no. The answer is, is you carry a portion of his frequency in and as much as it has formed the overall footprint or blueprint of your ancestral energies. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to understand is uh, how Im- important it is to have like this connection with uh, your ancestors, right? And uh, what actually, how it can affect your future life if you recover this connection and start working with uh, your ancestors. So everybody has a connection to their ancestors. Not everybody's working it to their advantage. Right. Most people, especially right now, there is a lot of loss of memory as far as ancestral lineages you know in tribal cultures those are actually a lot more prevalent in shamanic cultures those are a lot more present in western cultures unfortunately it's largely lost so getting to know your lineage energetically can only serve you so there are a few things about your lineage that are important for you to know and find out because once you do you would be better aligned with your ancestral energies and you could call upon your ancestors to help you or aid you in any endeavor that you choose to pursue in this life. Mm-hmm. So your ancestors collectively form a pool of energy that you can tap into. So that pool is on reserve, right? Imagine that there is a pool of energy and you know you might be swimming in it or not. So if you don't know that this pool exists, you wouldn't be swimming in it. Doesn't mean that it stops existing. You know, it's just underutilized. So it's like an untapped energetic potential that can fuel you to a small extent if you're unaware of it, because we all always have the support of our ancestors. 
or you could leverage to the fullest once you truly understand how your ancestral tree works. So for instance, if you truly want to study your ancestral lineage, there are certain pivotal moments to understand or certain figures to understand. Every lineage is formed by a couple, a female and a male, right? So at the very beginning, you know, that first root is a couple. They might not be the keepers of the ancestral lineage, but they are the originators. They are like the foremother and forefather of that lineage. So they are, these two people are very important to get connected to and get present to and pay your dues to and give you thanks to. That's one. Then you have the keepers of the familial lineage. These are the souls that are the strongest souls who have amassed big amounts of energy or in some way serve as the protectors of the promise of the lineage. The number of how many keepers of the lineage really depends. You can have anywhere from 1 to 10 to 12, between 1 and 12 roughly, with um, between 3 and 5 being an average number of keepers of the lineage. So they really maintain the truth of that lineage. And very often when you're doing the work with the ancestry line, you would either need to get the blessing from these keepers or you would need to get permission from them because they are the ones that are collecting and protecting all the collective energy or like that pool of energy from this particular lineage, right? So if you want to tap into it, you have to go through them. There's no other way. The keepers of the lineage... When the new baby is born, they determine what amount of ancestral lineage, uh, sorry, energy, what ancestral energy would be available to that child. So that's why some children have like a strong personality and a lot of strength and a lot of energy, and other uh, other children don't. So that's like pretty much a byproduct of how much energy you were given by by the keepers. And then, of course, the other thing that is very, very important for any human is to truly understand the energies that your mother and your father gave you. And the other aspect to consider is we are influenced the most outside of the original couple that formed the ancestry line and the keepers were influenced by our parents the most, as well as the ancestors that come closest to our birth, right? So in reverse order, it would be parents are the most important and most influential, then grandparents, then great-grandparents, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And up to 30 generations. You know, anybody that is within 30 generations from you can have a very significant impact on your day-to-day -day life. Uh, in terms of like you tend to or their mental constructs, beliefs, shortcuts, emotional trauma would be most prevalent in your own body. Mm -hmm. And uh, in order for you to like, or where would you start to connect uh, with like keepers and some other ancestors that you maybe don't even know that they existed? Absolutely. Right? 
So each lineage, given that they these energies quite literally form your body, it's actually fairly easy to access these types of energies. Now, first thing you should remember is you have two of them, right? So it's the lineage of your mother and the lineage of your father coming together. So I suggest that you work with each of them separately, right? Because it would be keepers of one and keepers of the other. So you would, in, in a meditative state, you would pick which lineage you want to work with. Say it's your, on your mom's side. And pretty much because a family is a tribal type of consciousness, you would want to imagine that you're, you know, in your head or inside of your body and you're traveling to a town or a village, whatever feels better to you, whatever feels right, where your mom's side of the family lives, right? So you want to imagine a town square. And in this town square, you know, there are a lot of people. And in the middle of the square, there is a tree, right? This large, massive tree with, you know, deep roots and leaves and branches. So first things first is you want to examine that tree, right? Examine what kind of tree it is. How deep does it, the roots go? You know, is it a very, very tall tree? Or is it the tree that you know, grows closer to the ground. Because what that tree looks like can actually inform you very, very well about the overall health state of the mother's side of your family. The keepers are always guarding the tree. So, basically, if you're trying to find out how many keepers there are, you would walk into the town square and you would want to see how many keepers are around a tree. And you would see between 1 and 12. And you want to bow down to them, greet them. You know, they obviously know who you are. And then you want to have them potentially introduce themselves. But like the, at the very minimum, you would be able to see how many beings there are around the tree. If they're male or female. What they're wearing, you know. They're wearing light clothing or they're wearing dark clothing, you know, what do they look like, you know, do they have any special objects or ornaments, you know, all of these little details could tell you a lot about the history of that family. We can talk more about, you know, other things. I don't know if you have any questions at this point. No, uh, I would just keep going. It's very interesting because what, what what's going to be next? Like, how do you connect to the lineage? Sure, so... Consciously. The way you connect to the lineage is by placing your hands on the tree, right? So you want to come up to that tree, and you want to put both of your palms to the tree, and literally feel the energy that's coursing through the trunk of this mighty tree. You want to really notice the leaves. Each leaf is generally your, one of your ancestors, symbolically, very symbolically, right? And... These leaves, actually, there is a whisper to them. They're whispering their stories. So if you listen closely, you might be able to hear certain words or phrases 
or sometimes might even be able, as you're connecting to the energy of that dream, you might start getting some visuals, some stories unfolding, right? So that is the first way that you can connect to that tree. You can also hug the tree, right? If you want to take a lot of its energy, that could be very, very helpful. You might also want to, I mean, generally connecting with both palms of your hands to the trunk is good enough. That gives you a close enough connection. But, you know, if you want to explore further, you can just sit down, you know, right atop the soil where the tree grows, right atop the roots, and kind of like go back to the tree. And you can just start absorbing that energy and connecting to it. And very interesting things could come out of it. You know, very random faces that, you know, kind of look familiar, but you're not too sure. Certain tunes that you thought you knew and forgot. And then actually just being, you know, and connecting to the, to the tree for the first time, you want to be open to all kinds of experiences. I mean, a great many things can happen here. Very often, the keepers would have a message for you very similar to your guardian angel, saying they might have a message for you or they might have a gift for you, you know. And there's generally, from the keepers, there's generally one person that is like their head, somebody who's in charge, so like the key keeper. So the key keeper, you know, you want to identify who that person is. And they're generally either, like they have, like either they're taller or they kind of like lead the group a little bit so they would always be in the forefront. Like if they're greeting you, that leader would be in the forefront. And, you know, very often they would have a gift for you. So you would kind of like stretch the two palms of your hands and receive a gift, right? And, you know, different lineages would pass them on different gifts. And sometimes it might not, the meaning of the gift might not be immediately clear to you. It doesn't mean that it's not a very important gift, but like even these two things, like connecting to the overall tree and listening to the music of the leaves and the trunk, as well as accepting a gift from the keeper of the lineage is a first step into connecting with that lineage and trying to understand it. It is not the only step. So we are right now in the city square, but you can totally walk around city or town square, the town or the village or whatever, you know, it is that where you have arrived, right? You want to examine what else is there. You know, is it a very populous type of town or village? Or, you know, are there only very, very few people, right? So there would be as many people as generally the leaves on the tree. And you want to pay attention, like, are the people happy? You know, what time of day is it? Is the sun shining, or is the moon shining, or is there no sun and everything just seems very dull and dark and gray? You know, is it summer? Is it winter? The people in your uh, in your village are they very well clothed, clothed, or are they poor? What are they doing with their time? You know, do they have their little shops where they sell things or make things, or you know, are they merry and singing songs? You know, or are they grieving? Or are they just, you know, walking around aimlessly? You know, each of them by themselves, you know, just kind of like staring into the ground. You can tell a lot by what's going on in, in that 
city of yours, right? Mm -hmm. So you can walk around and get to know people. You can, you know, by touching them, you could get to know their personal stories. And you can connect to each one of them by touching their hand, holding their hand, or by touching their shoulder. There's a lot of stories there to be learned. And also looking at what kind of houses do they live in. What is inside of those houses, you know, could sh share a lot about their values. You know, do they have a lot of food? You know, do they treasure that? Or do they have very beautiful ornaments that they made? Or do they maybe have a lot of livestock? And, and that is what they like, you know. So a lot, you can learn a lot by just like walking around town, seeing what people are doing, seeing what they're wearing, how they're feeling, even talking to them, and taking everything as a message from your ancestry line, mm -hmm. accepting any gift that they might have for you, you know, depending on how you've been living your life, you know, you might be getting words of encouragement or words of rebuke, so you should just be present to what's coming through for you. Mm -hmm. So it means that in order to do that, you don't even have to know your ancestors, right? So there's Absolutely a lot not. of people maybe don't know their grand-grandfathers. No, of course you don't need to know them. Mm -hmm. Got it. And what about uh, people who, for example, especially in the U.S., when you your lineage is somewhere else, not in the U.S., probably in most cases, right? So somewhere in Europe, for example. And you move to the US, and do you lose this connection, or is it getting weaker because of that? No, you never lose your connection with ancestors. It doesn't really matter. So you don't have to know where they come from, like the origin of your ancestry line? I mean, it could be helpful, but it's not necessarily paramount. Just the fact that they live in Sweden versus the U.S. versus Mexico. I mean, it's not truly going to change what you see, per se. I mean, the, the houses might be different, but, like, what you would be seeing is the energetic imprint of those people. It's almost like you would be looking into their soul. You know, what is important for their souls? Mm -hmm. That's what's going to be shown to you. Mm, got it. So, I want to understand the practical side of this connection right so like what kind of maybe benefits you can get for yourself having this connection right for example maybe a couple of examples could help me to understand that well more energy for instance couldn't all of you use more energy mm -hmm. so or it depends like okay so every lineage has its own strength and its own weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Very often you might not know what they are yet, but you could ask your lineage and get an answer. And then you can tap into that for that particular characteristic. For example, say that you are not a very courageous person. You get scared easily, and you don't necessarily stand your ground. Like, you're really lacking courage. But it could be so that that is an untapped reserve from your lineage. So, you know, you could have that energy kind of dormant in you, but available to you. 
Like you have it as an imprint, but it's a dormant, it's in its dormant state. If you knew how to tap into that energy of courage that's coursing through your veins, you could appear more courageous in any aspect of your life by drawing to that, to the strength of your ancestors and the courage of your ancestors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great example, but maybe uh, you could uh, tell me how to tap into this energy. Is there a particular ritual or like practice? Uh, let's say you start working with your ancestry line and then you ask this question and you get the answer that, for example, this courage is the strength of the lineage and then you have want to tap into this. How would you do this? Yeah. So there are many ways to communicate with your lineage. The simplest one might be through images. So... Another one would be through words. But if you cannot hear words exactly of like what they're telling you to do, uh, we could try images also because that might be a little easier for some. So first things first, before you can tap into an energy, you need to understand what energy does your family have in abundance. So as you're getting to know your lineage, you're in their town, you need to mentally ask them to show you what special gifts they have as a collective. And what would come forth is, you know, you might imagine yourself in the same, like in the middle of the town square with like a lot of people, you know, and everybody showed up. And so as you ask that question, the universe must answer to you. And so what would come forth is generally... Like, you, would, you want to imagine a woman or a man from your ancestry line coming up to you holding, like, a little piece of cloth. And on that piece of cloth, there is an image of something, right? It could be an image of... And it would be a symbolic image. Say, for courage, it could be an image of a sword, right? And as you see the image of a sword... What your family is going to try to communicate to you is, hey, the sword stands for courage. You know, that's a gift that we have as a familial tree. What you would be able to do is literally, if you wanted to, take that on and integrate that in your body. You would want to, like, reach into the cloth and take a sword out as if it was a physical object, right? Imagine the sword. Imagine what it, like really truly feel is it heavy in your hands is it light what does it feel like right and then feel free to take it with you if uh you know i'm pretty sure your ancestors are going to be happy to let you do that right so this is an example of how you would understand what kind of gift your family has and then by you taking a little bit from that well by taking an object with you that DNA strand, if you will, kind of comes back and reawakens inside of your body. So when you need courage in this particular case, what you want to remember is holding on to the sword of your ancestors and that sword being fueled by thousands upon thousands upon thousands of beautiful, courageous men and women. And that is the energy that you channel getting into something. So like this is actually, it is... What what I'm explaining to you, it could be construed actually ancient magic. Mm -hmm. And the 
reason it works is because certain objects carry an energetic imprint or a magical imprint. So this, although like it's a symbol, right? That is how you transfer a frequency of courage using the symbol of a sword into the physical dimension. Mm -hmm. So you take one form of energy and transform it into very physical energy to help you accomplish something. And that is just one example. There are many, many more. Mm -hmm. But, you know, any lineage could have hundreds of things, like of, of magical objects that you could use in your day-to-day -day lives. Got it. So you just have to explore and dig deeper. Correct. Of course, as you're exploring, what would come forth for you are the things that you most you need the most. Your ancestors are extremely wise. They know the challenges that you're facing. They also know what your mission is for this particular incarnation. So they would tend to come through with objects that would aid you in your day-to-day. -day. They mm. wouldn't just give you random things that you have no use for. Hmm. Got it. That's that's really cool. And um, let's see. So let's say you want to start building this relationship. And uh, you in the beginning, you said that all lineages on this planet are messed up to a certain degree. And um, you, you want to clean it, right? So you want to have like a clean connection or like, I don't know how to put it, like a better lineage, clean lineage. Where would you start? Sure. So... What you're referring to is the ancestral healing or ancestral cleanse. Yep. You would start by diagnosing what your lineage is in the first place. So we're going back to the same tree that we we were touching just a few minutes ago, right? So you want to imagine the tree, you know, like what color is it? Is it the normal tree? I've seen all kinds of trees. Uh, sometimes you have pitch black trees with black leaves. Sometimes you have red trees, white trees, green trees, obviously very common one because that's what trees look like on this planet. So you really want to imagine and feel how healthy is it. Very healthy trees have a very strong trunks, long trunks. They're not really windy. If it's windy, if it's crooked, if it's split, if it's broken, if it's missing branches, if it's missing leaves, if it has no leaves, if somebody's eating at its roots, that is your quick diagnosis that something is not amazing. <laughs> the same the same thing. If it's not somewhere, if it's not broad daylight in your village, something is off. It should always be summer. The sun should be very much visible on the horizon, and it should be warming everything up, helping things grow. If you're not witnessing that, there is probably some type of energetic issue, or bad karma, or just dark blocked energies for you to work through and work off of. There are many ways to get rid of things. Really, really, really many ways to store the cleaning. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a few examples if you'd like. Yes. Because there are as many examples as there are people. And my best advice is listening to your heart. 
paying attention to what's going on. And if you came with intentions to cleanse your ancestry line first, you have to ask for permission from the keepers. Right? So you want to approach the keepers, really bow deep, and mentally, telepathically communicate to them that you're here to help and you're here to cleanse. So they either nod as, yes, go ahead, thank you, or they tell you, no, thank you. If they tell you, no, thank you, probably not the best time to do the cleanse. There could be other things. Generally, when your ancestry line is not gonna, doesn't allow you to do the cleanse, that probably means that you first have to look within and do your inner work on yourself first then you can move on to doing the cleanse for your ancestors. But say they, they, they tell you, okay, go ahead. Here's what you would do then. One simple cleanse would be to bring in, imagine that with you, you brought like a big, big tub of water. And it could be crystalline blue water or whatever color of water. It could be golden type of water. Or just transparent, beautiful water, or like like water that feels like white light, right? So imagine the tub is filled with this holy water. Let's call it holy water. What you want to do is you want to offer it to your ancestors, to whoever wants to be cleansed, whoever wants to be free from their karma. You know, they can just step in into the water of the white clean water. Now, of course, the water is not necessarily yours. The water comes from source energy, right? So if you see a, a tub, but you don't see any water, you can always ask source energy to fill it for you, right? Very important. Because mm -hmm. there would be some people that cannot fill the tub for the life of them. So you ask for help. And then you basically want to ask your ancestors to form a line. And one by one, you know, it kind of resembles a baptizing ritual. Only basically what, what would happen is, you know, one of your ancestors, you know, would walk up to the tub, would walk into it and fully submerge in it. And then whatever darkness was in them, whatever you can call it sins or whatever other thing that was preventing them from being pure light energy. All of that would immediately dissipate. And then as they emerge from that water, their, their skin is going to be glowing. They're going to be radiating pure white light. Their clothing might change from something that was deeper and darker into something that's pure white and just like beautiful and, you know, gleaming and shimmering. And then they can step out of the bathtub you know, go in their merry way. And so you can just like keep that tub in there for them to bathe as they want. You know, this process might take days because you'd be surprised how many ancestors you have, right? So you can just, you know, keep it there and just ask source consciousness to make sure that the water is always clean and the tub is overflowing with this healing holy water at all times. So that is one way that you can start cleaning your ancestry. You could also work with the tree itself. That's another way of doing it. If you see anything that's wrong with it, for instance, it could be some type of rat or something like that's eating at the roots of the tree. So you want to make sure that that animal is no longer there. You can just, you know, remove it with pure white light or scare it away with pure white light. 
where you can take a sword and cut it in two if, if that feels better, like either way, right? So you want to make sure that nobody's nagging at the tree, right? Mm-hmm. If, if the tree's dirty, if it has some type of sediment, you know, on it or some type of dirt, you can just clean it, you know, clean it with water, wash it like you would wash something else, like, like you would wash a car, right? You could even imagine that there is like a stream of pure white light straight from the heavens, straight from the sky, pouring on top of your tree and cleaning all the dirt and debris from its leaves and its trunk and everything that's in it, right? So kind of like give the tree a bath, right? And then like let it really flourish, like let the tree, if, you know, if it's a tree that can produce flowers, you know, imagine the tree in bloom, imagine the tree producing fruit, if that feels better. Or just imagine the greenery becoming a lot more luscious and beautiful. And then imagine whatever else you want that's next to that tree. Like, feel into that tree. What is that tree missing? Does it want, like, little baby cute baby animals right next to it? Like, little bunnies hopping around? You can give that to the tree, right? So just be mindful of how the tree wants to feel. Then there are other ways. Again, like, you can gather all of your ancestors at the city center. And you can ask them to bring forth three karmic debts that they want cleansed, that they want gone. And in the same way that you had a cloth, like a woman come to you with a cloth before, it was a white cloth before. Now imagine a woman coming to you with a black cloth. And there is a story sewn into that cloth or embroidered on that cloth. And that would be a karmic story that is weighing heavily on your ancestry line. So you would be able to see some type of image, you know. And then if you go deeper, if you look deeper into that cloth, you would be able to see maybe a scene. And it could be anything, really. It could be one of your ancestors, you know, killing in battle. Or somebody being burned at the stake. Or somebody, I don't know, leaving their child abandoning their child or whatever is that quote-unquote sin that's really weighing ancestry line down would be present in this cloth so there are two things you can do with this cloth to cleanse it you can take the cloth from your ancestor whoever is giving it to you and you can wash it in the same tub of white water that you know you're using for cleansing your ancestors so you want to clean that out like you want to remove that weight you want to remove that kind of like almost erase that memory erase that fact or circumstance from happening so you want to like scrub the cloth and you know make sure that all of that dirt is being washed away and then you would want to you know take it out of the tub and you know something that was like black would would just turn into pure white cloth with nothing on it. That's what a clean slate looks like. And then you just give it back to your ancestors. All of a sudden, that is as good as it never happened. If sometimes you would see a very, very big cloth, like like where many people need to carry it, that generally means that like it really like is a very, very deep-rooted type of behavior within your ancestry line. For that, I recommend placing that cloth 
under the stream of white light that comes straight from the heavens or straight from the sky, almost like a waterfall, and having that being cleansed and washed away by very, very powerful, potent energies of source and um, everything that's light and good. What you want to see and witness happening with that cloth over time is, again, the story on that cloth would disappear. You know, like the bloody, nasty darkness would be gone. And all you would see back is pure white, beautiful cloth. So I think those would be very, very good places for you to start. You could also just walk around the city and see if anybody, you know, just like looking at people, engaging with people, seeing if anybody is suffering. And you might see all kinds of like little weird characters. Mm-hmm. You might see like a woman who was beheaded and she now just carries her head in her hand. So what you want to do is place her head on her neck, twist it a little bit, send white light to it, see her restored to life. And also like sometimes it, it would help to engage with some particular individuals that you see passing by. Mm, nice. And uh, as I understand, you do it with your father lineage first and then mother or like vice versa correct and uh what about the like relationship between both lineages between your mother and father what if uh your mother and father don't have a good relationship it doesn't really matter they don't have to have a good relationship for you to be healthy Mm -hmm. because those energies technically don't have to intermingle they can still feed you as two different pools of energy. If they intermingle, that's amazing. Yeah. Right? If they don't, that's cool also. But, you know, if you truly want to unite the two worlds, yeah, you want to imagine one joint square, right? Where there are two trees growing in the city center. One symbolizing your mom's lineage, the other symbolizing your dad's lineage. So you want to bring those trees together and have them grow in unison, really touching each other with their branches. That's how you would form like a town that is connected and fully interrelated. Of course, the lineages that want to come together in that way need to be a similar type of frequency. So if you're trying to match up something that's very light frequency, very dark frequency, they're not going to want to intermingle very well. So you you might want to do some cleaning work first on the one that needs to be brought up to par and up to speed. Mm, Got it. I see what you mean. That makes sense. Okay. And um, another question is about like more on like on a planetary level. For example... Like looking at the nation, like looking at the U.S., for example, USA, is it possible that like the entire country has kind of collective lineage or like they're all interconnected? More or less, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, is it possible to see how U.S. lineage is connected? Do you want to see the shadows? The shadows, yeah. There is a lot in the U.S. about the false ideals of freedom, like what freedom truly means what it, versus what it actually is. So there is a lot just in the formation of this great country. Freedom, you know, because it used to be the British colony. Freedom 
from the colonial state really formed a lot of lineages here. So a lot of the European lineages of people that came from Europe then set up their own roots, a lot of them kind of like, a lot of new lineages were formed here at the time. And so there was a lot of anger, like colonial anger, with the, you know, Great Britain and, you know, feeling like your wings are clipped. So there is a lot of helplessness, hopelessness. But at the same time, there's also a lot of hope and a lot of will to fight. And then there is, you know, that wish and a dream to make a better life for yourself and your family. So there's actually also a lot of courage on the brighter side in um, courage. And there's a lot of outspokenness in a lot of the immigrant families and a lot of the formative lineages in the U.S. A lot of energies around trying to unite something that's maybe not meant to be united, right? So all of these different, it's actually very, it was a lot easier on like, if you think like Europe or any other territory to create a United Nation because everybody spoke the same language, everybody kind of like had the same ideals. Here you kind of have a cacophony and like a melting pot, truly, that initially wasn't really that compatible. So there are a lot of energies of me versus them and how do I fit in? And I don't like this, that, and the other thing about this person that like is my neighbor. So there's a lot of those like rough energies of like, I don't know that I like them. You know, I don't know that they're like me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, you know, like low class citizen. Right. So there's a little bit of that, like, like trying to find your place in the hierarchy Mm -hmm. that created a lot of antagonistic energies and a lot of like feisty energies. Like, are they better than me? Are they not? Are you Irish? Does it mean like you're a lower class? But like, why do I don't want to be lower class? I'm white. Let these black people be lower class. So like also a lot of racial things, obviously, because that's how this beautiful country started also so a lot of antagonistic energies but also on the brighter side a lot of very strong energies of unity and really wanting for change ready or or like readiness to give up the differences to build something greater than yourself and a true commitment to building a better future and a better country for for your children so it's kind of like the good and the bad coming together, which is how it generally is in lineage. Just like it's not always white and it's not always black. It's always a combination, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there's more, obviously, than there's this fight between men and women. There's a lot of that in here. And those energies, just like another facet of like inequality. Got it. So what I'm trying to figure out is... Um... If there is any connection between, like, ancestry healing and, like, the future of this country. Absolutely. And uh, what is the connection? Well, you heal the past, you heal the future. So if you heal a broken pattern, you no longer have to pass a broken pattern. So imagine a cup broken into two pieces and then glued back together. 
It's a broken cup. And when you pour water in it, it has some cracks in it and the water like sips through, right? So it leaks, it's a leaky cup. And you have that cup and you pass it on from father to son, from father to son, from father to son. All of a sudden, this new minted baby is still drinking from the old cup. Hmm. So now imagine healing your ancestry. What in essence you would do is by pinpointing exactly why this cup was broken in the first place. Is it because a wife and a husband had a fight and they couldn't see eye to eye and so they were quarreling and she dropped it onto the floor, you know, and it got split in half. Mm -hmm. right? And then the cup was put together by, you know, this family still wanting to stay together. So it was like patched up halfway. Now imagine healing that within your family line, whether that's on the female side or the male side. All of a sudden, the cup that you would be passing to your child is a perfect, pure cup that is integral and whole, that is not going to be leaky. So it's almost like passing on a marriage that doesn't have to be rocky. Like, which marriage would you rather pass on? The dysfunctional marriage of your ancestors? Or do you want to give that child an opportunity to build their own life the way they deserve to build their own life? Because if you don't heal it, it's a little bit on autopilot. A lot of things that we relive as humans, we inherit from our ancestors. So if you actually had the luxury of tracing back your familial lines, the kinds of feelings that you're feeling on a day-to-day -day basis and the kinds of quote-unquote problems that are most prevalent in your life, I guarantee you other people in ancestral lineages have experienced many times over. Hmm. That's interesting. So cleaning that karma means not being held back to the past and not being an autopilot anymore. Being able to make your own choices. Being able to respond instead of react. And hmm. of course, from that standpoint, if you heal all of that unnecessary generational darkness, the only thing that can be in the future is light and good and healed. And functional. So yes, absolutely. The number one way to heal the future is to heal the past. Hmm. Interesting. Because by healing, you literally change the vibration. R if you change the vibration, if you upgrade the vibration, certain things are not to match to that vibration anymore. Certain bad things are just not to match to that vibration. So according to the law of attraction, they cannot happen to you. Like, at all. Hmm. But does it mean that, for example, if uh, there is a couple, uh, a man and a woman, and uh, they want to bring a child to this world, they could do some homework before they bring this child in order for this child not to have all these issues from both ancestry lines? And that is how it, it's meant to be done. That is precisely how it's meant to be done. The beauty is, up until that baby is born, you literally have nine months to do any kind of clearing when you know the baby's already on your way, on its way, hmm. right? So one of the reasons that gestation takes so long is because it gives the mother and the father collectively a chance to work on the future of that baby together, knowing that the baby is coming. 
So absolutely, you should do diagnosis. Whether you're already pregnant for the child or you're not, if you're planning, part of the planning of the baby should be working through all of the mess and all of the things that are the most in your way. You know, obviously you're not going to be able to be purely magically healed because that just doesn't happen in these kinds of energies. But you can remove the big dirt away. Like you can start, you know, accepting light in. It doesn't have to be all the way, but you can still move things around in a way that makes it a lot better for the incoming child. Mm-hmm. Interesting, but what is it going to mean for a child? Let, let's say you do the cleanse and you don't do the cleanse. Like we look at the same child. It depends on what you do the cleanse on. So you're asking a very general question. Yeah, it's very broad, you know. So the child is going to have to go through their own or another kind of... So, okay. Here's the best way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Imagine karma being a magnet. And, and up until it's like a large magnet. Big. And you're like a little child that's born and you have all of these dreams and aspirations. But because the karma of your ancestors is a magnet, every time you try to pull away from it, it magnetizes you back. You pull away from it, it pulls you back. So there's only so much you can do as far as your aspirations and dreams because you're always going to be pulled back into the default setting, back into the socket. Now, what if that is not what... I mean, nobody's aspiration is to stay in one place. Nobody's. I'll tell you straight straight away. You don't come to this planet... To just live the karma of your ancestors and then call it quits one day. You always come to change something, to evolve and to improve or to transcend or to cleanse. Always. Right? So the child already comes with like their own karma to clear. Now you as a parent probably have some type of other karma that you know you need to clear in and of yourself. So in order for you to enable your child to run as far away into the direction of their dream and desire as possible, you have to do your part of the work. So the past karma of your ancestors doesn't magnetize the child back and completely immobilizes it as far as being able to take action. So you want to enable your child to pursue its own lessons and its own dreams you have to get as much of that karma out of the way as is possible. Huh. And uh, if um, a child was already born, born, can you still do the cleanse? You can and you must. Uh-huh. It's never too late. Got it. So you, you have to get rid of this magnet. You can't fully get rid of it. You can just optimize it to work with you better. Got it. That makes sense. Awesome, that's cool. And uh, now I'm going to end our session. I'm very grateful for the information you provided us today. I'm asking the higher self to visit to where it belongs with much love and much thanks for the help and information it has been given Maria today. I know she's really going to appreciate it. Now I want all the consciousness and personality of Maria to once again return and fully integrate back into the body completely.